Hi guys, Sarah here with episode number 28 of She's Unstoppable. And in today's episode, you are going to get to hear me dive into a chat with Jessica of the Confetti Bar. Now I have to tell you, like, I feel like Jessica's a reason that this podcast exists because years ago, and I don't remember how I found her, but I found the Confetti Bar Instagram. And I remember just seeing, you know, the color and the sparkle because really like what is more fun to look at than confetti. And I remember just thinking it was such a cool business and and her being like that brand being the epitome of entrepreneurship, like that we get to do this really cool stuff and, you know, take these fun, happy, joyful things and, you know, turn them into our businesses. And so I've always had her in the back of my mind when I was, you know, getting this podcast up and running, starting to do more interviews. And, you know, from afar, it's so easy to look at a business who is, you know, they're doing custom confetti for brands like McDonald's and Netflix. And it's so easy to look at other businesses or other people, right? Like the grass is always greener. Oh, everything must be perfect in that business or everything must be so wonderful. And of course, there are a lot of wonderful things, wonderful things about entrepreneurship. But I love that Jessica in this interview was just so open and honest about her journey. You know, she dove right into creating this. She literally woke up one morning and was like, I should open up a confetti shop and things got moving so quickly. But again, it's been a roller coaster. There's been some ups and downs. And she actually just went not that long ago, went back to her full time job as a means to kind of take some pressure off of the business. And, you know, those of you that are in the thick of entrepreneurship, you know, again, as wonderful and fulfilling as it can be, it can also feel like so much weight on you day to day. And I really, again, love that Jessica has been open and honest about this part of the journey where she's still crushing it in her business. Like she said, she just did uh, confetti. She just did a job for Netflix. Like she's doing these amazing things while also giving her the giving herself the space to make sure that she's doing it with as little pressure and with as little pressure as possible, but also still making sure that it fulfills her. And so again, I'm going to say it again. I really appreciate her honesty and her openness in with her journey. And I hope it's something that, you know, makes you feel a little bit better, a little bit less alone when it comes to the pressure you may or may not be feeling right now. Um, and of course, encourages you to just go after what it is that brings you joy. And as you're going to hear her share, you know, her, like her, she's been really adamant about making sure that she enjoys her business. And of course, that's what I want for all of you. So I really hope you enjoy the interview. I just want to give you a quick, quick reminder, you know, honest to God, my goal with this podcast is to keep it as, you know, low, like no frills, right? I don't want an intro. I don't want anything fancy. I'm not going to be selling anything on the podcast. I don't see myself doing any ads for the podcast. I really want to keep it just straightforward and something that brings you a lot of value. And so I hope you appreciate that. I hope you love that. If you do, I would be so appreciative if you left us a five star review, if you left us some kind words um, on iTunes and and of course, if you want to connect with me further and hear more solo content, I would love to have you in my free Facebook group, Unstoppable Women Entrepreneurs. You can search for it. I was going to say on Facebook, but I think you know that about a Facebook group. Uh, search for it, Unstoppable Women Entrepreneurs. We would love to have you. It's really my favorite place to hang out online. Um, and there's lots more content and value and videos and information in there that I want, you know, in your world. And so definitely join us there. And yeah, I hope you enjoy Jessica's episode. All right. Hi, guys. We are here today with Jessica of the Confetti Bar. And Jessica is somebody who really, like I followed years ago. I remember, I think when Instagram honestly first started, I saw her account and these pictures of this, you know, confetti. What is more fun to look at than confetti? But this custom confetti where she was working with different businesses or people for different events like Sweet Sixteens, whatever it was, to like, again, create this custom decor essentially for for their event or again, brand, whatever it was. And I just remember seeing it and being like, A, that is the coolest idea in the world, but also what a cool business, like what a cool opportunity we have again to like take, take what we love and make money off of it, let alone freaking confetti of all things, right? So I reached out to Jessica and she is here today and we are going to dive into everything, her journey as an entrepreneur, how she got started. Um, I want to hear all the things. So Jessica, hi, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It is truly an honor. Awesome. I'm really like, I'm really excited to hear all about this. So I know that you started your business in 2013 and you were like, I want to start a confetti shop. So like, talk to me about that, like really where this all came from and how you got it moving. 
Sure. I mean, I really wish I had like some really intricate story, but it really was literally I woke up one day and told my husband that I wanted to start a confetti business. (laughs) Like it was the first thing out of my mouth. And he was just like, "Okay, I guess that's what we're doing now. Um, But I guess it really sort of stemmed from so I used I've always done like creative things in general. I used to paint when I was younger. I started a jewelry business. I did just like general crafting. I had a bunch of different websites and blogs and things. And so I always did creative things. And I used to collect like those mixed bags of like sequins and stuff you could get from the craft store. And at one point, I just sort of started like getting those little like bead organizer containers. And I would just like sort the pieces by like color and shape as I don't know, like a form of therapy. I don't know. I just thought it was cool. I've, I've always loved like miniature things and sparkly things. And I just really enjoyed, you know, kind of going through them. And then one day, it just sort of hit me like, you know, confetti is supposed to be this really symbolic, you know, thing about celebration and parties and happiness and all this kind of stuff. But nobody really made really cool confetti. It was just all the metallic stuff you bought at the party store. But it was, you know, very stock, very generic. And I was like, how come nobody makes like really cool confetti? So I literally just started and, you know, was cutting up little pieces and trying all different ways to cut it, trying different die cutting machines and this and that and shredding paper and mixing different things together. And before I knew it, like people really wanted it. And and I, I always say I didn't start this business to start a business. I kind of just wanted to make confetti and then was like, oh, hey, I have a business. And so, you know, I was working full time when we did sort of start it. Um, I think I woke up and told my husband in February. By that June, we sort of had the site up and running in its first iteration. And that November, I was able to quit my full time job to do it full time for about five years. That's incredible just how quickly, I think like, I don't know, I think when we're in the thick of it, like a five month period can seem so long, right? But really like for you to go from idea to website is up and we are an actual business is actually really quick. And so like, obviously the website got up, but what were the first kind of things you did in terms of marketing and getting yourself out there? So when I first started, that was you know, that was kind of my first foray into Instagram. I think I might have had a personal Instagram before that. But if I did, I didn't really utilize it and everything. And so I just honestly started posting pictures about it. And I think, you know, that was at a time Instagram wasn't like brand, brand new, but it was definitely at the height of, you know, people utilizing it and small business. Um, So it just very organically grew. I had a bunch of people reaching out to me, wanting to work with me, different bloggers and things like that. And at that point, I just sort of said yes to everything and was just like, sure, like here's confetti and just started posting pictures of everything I was working on. And, you know, I really didn't put that much thought into it. I was just like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Like, here it is. And it just very naturally and very organically grew in the very, you know, beginning of it. I mean, I will say, you know, Yes, I was able to quit my full-time job and I was able to support myself doing it. But, you know, we also have to always take into consideration, you know, at the time I was living with my parents. Um, My expenses were much less. I was, you know, just out of college. I had my first job, you know, so I was able to take that risk with all of their kind of help and permission. But I was supporting myself from my business. It just wasn't like, you know, I didn't have a house and I didn't have all this other stuff. But so like kind of the entry into doing it full time was kind of low at that point. But then, you know, it just continued to grow and was able to get a studio. And, you know, for a while, it was the only job that was supporting my husband and I when he unfortunately lost a job at one point. So, you know, it it was baby steps and it really it just sort of grew and grew and grew. And very early on, we focused a lot on the website and my husband does stuff with like SEO and web design and development. So without even really knowing that's what I was doing, we were sort of setting the stage. So that way, once Instagram no longer was kind of our main source of traffic, you know, it was Google and people were searching custom confetti and we were coming up. So it sort of just all played in together um, very naturally, I would say. I think that's a really interesting point. And I think I appreciate that you said that because it's something that I deal with a lot in my own business where I sit there and I say, well, you know, one day I quit my job and I decided to start this business. But like I was also, I don't know, like 28 years old. I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have all of these things. I didn't have kids mouths to feed, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, it was scary, but it also wasn't as scary as it could have been, right? And so I I appreciate you for acknowledging that. Whereas like, again, I think a lot of people... 
you know, again, that that's that young girl who started her business. Sometimes she just acts as though it's supposed to be that easy for everybody. And that's not the case. But I also think it makes the case for like, you know, when you're younger with, with this podcast, if I do nothing else, I want that 27 year old girl who's in her entry level job, hating her life, getting the permission to like start something. And I think it's just a great reminder that like when you are young and you don't have as many responsibilities as you, I, I think there is a big difference between mid twenties, mid thirties, right? Like all these, all these responsibilities add up. And so I don't know, I just say that to like take away from Jessica's statement there that like, I just want to encourage all of you to like start. It's never too early to start, like get it moving before there's all the pressure on it, on it all. Right. And I, and I will say, you know, things have changed a lot and even just, you know, the direction I want to take it and all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, everyone's baseline for what they need to support themselves is different. So how you're able to do that is going to be different. And I don't think it's like a one or the other, you know, you know, if nothing else, how much money I make from the confetti bar or anything, you know, that's only relevant to my situation. But the fact is people are paying me to do something. And if they're willing to do that on any level, like there's room for something. And so it yes. you adjust it based on your needs and what you need to survive or live or, you know, anything like that. Um, but as long as you kind of just start with that baseline, I'm offering something that people are willing to give me some sort of money for, then then you have a business. Um, and then the rest obviously is important, but you know, that that's where it has to start. I absolutely agree with you. And I feel like that's such a good reminder for all of us where, and I, this has come up in all the interviews that I've done so far, that it's like, if you have a skill, if you are solving a problem for somebody, you have the makings of a successful business. And yes, of course, it's more complicated than that growing and scaling and all of those things. But it really does come back to problem solving. And if you can solve a problem for somebody, there are plenty more people out there who want that thing, want that product as well. Um, and so again, it doesn't take it doesn't take a million customers in the door to validate your business idea. And I like that you know, it's funny. I speak to a lot of people who like they start their business and again, it has to work. And you were kind of like, we did this and it was fun. And oh, it kind of just grew organically, like, because you probably weren't putting all the pressure on it at that time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> then when you, when you start to add the pressure, that's when everything goes haywire. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. We will talk about that. Ab absolutely. So I know that you have done confetti for really cool companies. I mean, McDonald's and Dr. Pepper, like these big brands. Talk to me a little bit about, again, like how do we go from, hey, I want to start a confetti shop to working with some of the biggest companies in the world? Um, again, it, it really, a lot of it does come back to just, um, knowing my product and what it was and putting it out there into the world for people to find. So we do find, you know, a lot of the corporate customers we've worked with early on, it was, you know, someone found me on Instagram and they just so happened to work for Kate Spade and, you know, ended up ordering confetti. And, you know, that was kind of early on how we got um, to work for a lot of really cool companies. But now I would say it's mostly, you know, we still work for some really big companies. Um, you know, just the other day we made Netflix for uh, our confetti for Netflix and um, 7-Eleven. And, you know, we're still doing those big companies, but now I'm finding, you know, they're just finding us through a Google search more than anything. And, you know, they're looking for custom confetti and um, we're coming up that way. So, you know, again, it was just something that built on itself and, you know, I think just having a very clear offering and continuously updating our website and changing it to be able to, whether it's easier to understand or have more resources or anything like that, it's just continuously taking that one idea and making sure, you know, every piece of it can, we can deliver on it and, you know, people can understand it so that they know what they're paying for, what they're getting um, and can make it kind of a seamless uh, transaction. I really agree with that. I think it's such a big part of business is making it easy for people to buy and to understand what it is they're actually purchasing. So like, I know that you offer a ton of different things between the jars and, you know, all these different types of confetti. So talk to me a little bit about, I don't know, just how that came to be and how you kind of decided, okay, here's what we need to sell. Here's, here are the great ideas. Like just, just share a little bit about, about that. Sure. Um, well, to take you a little bit back on the backstory with that, you know, when we first started, it was it was literally 
well, in the very, very beginning, I was like repackaging some stuff, but it, it very quickly turned into just custom mixes. And then I also had like kind of pre-made mixes that I would sell on the site. And that's really, you know, those were the two products is either something pre-made that you, you know, saw exactly what it was, or you ordered something custom. And very early on, it was, um, at least in terms of the custom, it was kind of a very time consuming process on my end because I had this form that was very easy for people to fill out, but then they would have to kind of reach out with their idea. Then I would have to get back to them with like more details and how much, and then I would invoice them and like it kind of, you know, took a back and forth and very quickly that just became too much to manage. So that's when we we're like, okay, how can we make basically the form just online, you know, where people can kind of go through step by step, choose everything, we'll give as much resources as possible, and then they could pay for it and everything right there. Um, so, you know, we've had different iterations of that sort of online custom order form um, over the years. And, you know, once we kind of had that squared away, it was really more of like a personal choice for me as to like, okay, am I just basically going to make custom confetti? Like, is there anything else? Like, what? what do I really want to be when I grow up? Because again, you know, I didn't grow up thinking all these years I was going to make confetti, you know, it was just sort of what happened. Um, and while I still love it and I still feel like I will always make confetti in some form or another, it, it really got to a point where I was just like, okay, what, what am I going to offer that's a little bit more? And that's when I started to bring in some different products, um, you know, just sort of dabbling now with some different shirts and, you know, art pieces and things like that. And then I did launch the Confetti Jars last year, which to me is really what this business has always been about. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, while I've always sold custom confetti, it was really all about the symbol of it and that you know that was why i started the business that was why i continue to do it it's all about you know really having people take the time to appreciate these moments that you're willing to buy some custom confetti for to celebrate so you know i used to package them in these um like plastic bags and I kind of thought, well, that's like not as special as it should be. So by putting them in these glass jars that, you know, yeah, you could take the confetti out and you can use it, but then you could either put it back in or literally it's something that could sit on your shelf as a reminder of, you know, a milestone or a special event or something like that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's constantly an evolution of an idea. And, you know, even now where the business is, is very different from just kind of a conceptual standpoint than it was when it first started. And I'm right now kind of in that very transitional phase where yes, I make custom confetti, but that's kind of, that's the aside at this point. Like, you know, that's just sort of the nitty gritty of it. It's not really what I do. And what I do in my mind is I want to help people create these experiences and I want to inspire people to live their happiest lives because I think, you know, that's kind of the point of it all, isn't it? You know, why do we want to live a life to be miserable or, you know, not be happy? So that's really the direction I'd like to go with the confetti, just being more of that symbol for it. I love that you said on your website something about, I don't have the words exactly, but just talking about how the fact that this business has evolved and shouldn't it, like, shouldn't it change over time? And I think a lot of people and I want to talk about this in a moment, but like, I think a lot of people who, especially when it is their full-time job and it is this business that there's a lot of pressure on, I think it becomes kind of hard to see the forest from the trees. It's like, what do we need to do to make money? And like, that's all like, and I, I've certainly fallen into that at times where I'm not paying as much attention to what I want to do, but I'm paying more attention to what I feel like I have to do. And a, I love that. So again, I love that you've given yourself kind of the permission to evolve over time and feel into what feels good. And hey, let me get back to my purpose with all of this. But I'm curious, because you have returned to your full time job. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. Do you feel as though that evolving has been easier and being able to see that kind of stuff has been easier being back in a full time job? And it's kind of given you the perspective of taking the pressure off? Yes, and no. So I'm going to take you back probably so like I said, you know, I, I did this business full time for about five years. I had a studio at one point, you know, it's really, really in it as, you know, the entrepreneur, like this is what I did. I got up, I went to this quote unquote office and, you know, I had this thing going. Then my husband and I decided, okay, you know, I, we really don't need like this other space. Let's go back to online only. Let's, you know, start renting our own condo. Like let's get our own space and let's figure out who we are, you know, cause we had been living, you know, with family for a while. And so it was like, okay, let's kind of distance ourselves and like, who are we together? So I went back to online only. 
was still doing it full time. Things were starting to feel a little bit like, okay, you know, this is what I'm doing, but is this really what I'm doing? And, you know, felt like I was hitting walls to a certain extent. Um, my husband at the time, um, you know, had lost the job that he had and literally everything was riding on our business for a few months. And then, you know, he thankfully got another job pretty quickly, but it was really at a point where it was like, okay, financially, I have this business, it's helping to support us, it's doing, you know, what we needed to do, but I was miserable inside. And I knew that that was a very big problem. And at the end of, I believe it was the holiday season for like 2017, around then, for the first time ever, like sales just slowed way down. And it was very out of the ordinary. But when my first like reaction was extreme relief when like the money was no longer coming in. I knew that that was a problem because now, you know, okay, I had this financial burden, but like, I was happy that I didn't feel like I was a slave to these orders anymore. And so I just knew something had to change. And it was literally, I would say a few months of just feeling completely lost. And like, I just had no idea what I was doing. Um, I can't tell you the number of nights I spent crying on the floor, just like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Like, what, where do I go from here? Because I was exactly in that position you were talking about. I felt like what I had to do to make money wasn't what I wanted to be doing, but I felt so stuck in that. I didn't have, you know, the ability to see outside of it. And it was always just kind of, okay, let's try this. No, that's not working. Let's try this. And there was no like long-term vision. It was just like, okay, what can I do to survive today? And then I'll worry about tomorrow. And it just was a very like toxic situation. So it was a very, very difficult decision for me as someone who kind of thrives independently um, to go back working full time. But I knew that if I had any hope of being a successful entrepreneur, once again, like this is what I had to do for me and my husband and, you know, our, our life together because, you know, as much as, as entrepreneurs and small business owners, our businesses do tend to consume our lives. It, it, it is only one piece or it should be. And, you know, we have kind of this whole, whole being to consider as well. Um, so, you know, I, I went into this full-time role knowing that it wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, knowing that it wasn't, you know, what I saw myself doing as a career, but it was something that is now a learning experience. It's going to give me the financial freedom to like really take everything away from the confetti bar that wasn't making me happy. And if it meant losing followers or slowing sales or, you know, losing everything in that sense, it would be okay from a financial perspective. It wasn't like, you know, we were going to be homeless on the street. Um, so it's definitely allowed me to do that in the past year and a half. You know, I've been working full time again and it's a big challenge in that my time is limited and I, you know, don't kind of have the freedom and flexibility to do everything I'd like to. But the other side of that is now I do have the financial freedom to say, okay, I can make this business anything I want to be. I can literally start from scratch. And that's sort of how I've been viewing it is how can I really go in with a plan this time? Because I do think it was the best thing I ever could have done to just start my business without knowing I was starting a business because I don't think I ever would have if I knew everything that really went into it. Um, but now I'm at a point where it's like, okay, let me get serious. Let me actually make a business plan. Let me sit down and think about everything. Let's take everything that I've learned from all of the different businesses that I have dabbled with in the past five years and let's turn this into something that is kind of my future and you know I kind of take that long-term stance and be like all right let's see what happens and so it was the best thing I could have done but it's also personally very difficult for me to deal with you know balancing the two of them when my time now is limited so you know there's pros and cons but I would say you know just the the relief of not having to put my own personal stake on a dollar value every day is definitely um it's been helpful and just sort of looking at the big picture again i just feel like i want you to know that like i have so much respect for the fact that you chose to do that i i speak to so many women who are thinking about going back to a full-time job or you know maybe getting a part-time job and they feel as though that, that makes them a failure when it comes to entrepreneurship and truly and honestly I think if I were to do all of this over again I would have gotten at least a part-time job in the beginning because it would have taken so much pressure off of oh my god I need to make money now like like you said we become a slave to the numbers and we become a slave to like 
the day to day. And there have definitely been periods in my life and in my, like in my business that it has just felt like this never ending hamster wheel. And I don't say, and I'm just like, you don't like, we're not saying all of this to be negative, of course, or to scare you. But I also think it's really easy to look at the girl who has a confetti business and be like, what, what problems could she possibly have? But like, this shit is hard. And it's not, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but something that I always say is my feeling is posting on social media isn't hard, right? Like doing the things isn't hard. It's dealing with yourself. And it's those nights where you're staying up and second guessing your decisions and figuring out the next step. And we're so emotional about that. And again, if not that going back to a full-time job is the answer, for everybody, but it's also a situation where if there's something that you can do to take a little bit of, you know, pressure out of the tires and like, feel like you have a little bit of breathing room, give that to yourself because that's going to be the thing that allows you to make logical, rational decisions about your business versus these emotional, oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do that. And that's, that's, I I don't mean to be dramatic. But for me, that really, those, those moments are really the worst feelings that I've ever experienced in my entire life. The anxiety and the pressure. Yeah, it it definitely is. And I would 1000% agree. And, and I think it's also, we're sort of programmed to think like, you know, if you have a full-time job, like, that's it. That's who you are. You know, and it doesn't have to be that way. It can be temporary. And, And not to say, you know, I'm, taking a job and I'm not giving my all there, you know, I I am hired to do something. And you know, that's where I have to put my energy when I'm responsible for certain things. But I'm just trying to view it as a learning experience. And okay, like what I'm learning here is going to help me in the future. And you know, I'm going to put my all right now. But I'm also gonna, you know, have to do this on nights and weekends and, you know, figure out my own stuff. And overall, it's going to make me a better person in general. And, you know, it it doesn't have to be forever, it can be temporary. And, you know, and that's, and that's what I think has been the biggest realization for me over the past year is more so just, you know, it's okay to change, like change isn't, isn't a bad thing. And I actually now I'm at a point where I'm trying to embrace change. And the fact that, you know, I think my business should look different kind of year after year. And, you know, I'm constantly learning new things and changing my views and opinions and things. And so if, if I have a business that is so much a part of me, that's going to change along with me. And that's just the way it is. And, you know, every, everyone changes and everything goes through different seasons and things like that. So, I I never want to be caught in that space again, where, you know, it was like, I did the same thing for so long that it, when that changed, that's when I felt like my whole world had been uprooted. And if I had sort of just taken a step back and gone more into that problem solving mode and really had my, you know, business plan and my core solid, you know, maybe it wouldn't have been so scary, but you know, such is life. We have to learn these things by going through them. So, you know, here we are. And it's, (laughs) It's easy to say that in retrospect, but when you're in the thick of it, just like anything with relationships, whatever, when you're in the thick of it, you can't see it that clearly. And again, if taking yourself out of it a little bit is what needs to get done, that's a wonderful thing. And I think that you are, for everybody listening, I feel like you're the epitome of somebody who did it right in the sense that like you dove in, right? Like, okay, I have this idea. I'm going to move on it because a lot of people sit there and like try, they try to get clarity about what's going to happen for two years and you don't get clarity. You don't understand how it's all going to go until you actually do it. So you did it, you went for it. And then you were like, okay, this doesn't feel exactly great. Let's figure out what the problem is and let's straighten it out. And I I think, again, I commend you for like doing it that way. Yeah, I mean, I will say there were many, many times I was in a pile of tears on the floor. And I actually, I personally don't even remember this. I think I must have blocked it out. But before I decided initially to leave my first full-time job when I first started the business, um, before my husband and I kind of had the conversation about doing it full-time, I guess he came downstairs. I was working at like a little studio in the basement and he came downstairs. It was late. I was working on something and he literally found me like curled up in the fetal position, crying on the floor because I was so overwhelmed about, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to handle all these orders when I have a job and everything? And like, I honestly don't even remember that, but obviously it's been this way since the beginning. So it shouldn't be a surprise to me that, you know, okay, a couple of years in kind of happened again. And, you know, I'm in that pile of tears and I'm like, what's happening. Um, But I can only hope now that, you know, having been through it a few times, now I can 
let people know like that's totally normal and that's what's going to happen but like you just said you you sort of have to take yourself out of it because it is like when you're in that moment there's no there's no changing your mind it's just it's all overwhelming and there's it's just it's the way business is i think and you know to to think it's going to be this super easy you know picture perfect thing is just not not the case at all no matter what you do even making confetti <laughs> Right. And I think that like, I mean, I'm being in the coaching industry personally, I feel like it's a lot of, and again, I don't know if you like how familiar you are with it, but like the coaching industry is this weird world and all anybody talks about is how much money they've made. And here's the Chanel bag that I bought this week. And like, here's how my life is so perfect. And like, there are a lot of things that are really wonderful about the life that I'm living and the fact that I have a business and this, that, the other thing, but like getting here has been anything but glamorous. And it's always a situation where like I up level and I go through really hard weeks or months, whatever it is. And so I I never want to talk about this again in like this negative or scary way. But I also want everybody to understand that like, number one, making money doesn't automatically make it this easier. And number two, you're never going to, in my opinion, anyway, you're never going to get to a point where, okay, I'm making this amount of money a month. Oh, everything's good now. I have it all figured out. Like it just doesn't work like that. And at some point I just, again, not that doesn't mean that I don't have weeks that suck, but at some point I just have come to understand that like, I just have to embrace the chaos and I get better at, okay, well, this is a problem. Let's solve it versus like going into a deep, dark hole for a month because I can't do that. Right. Like we have to just keep on moving. Yep. And I think that's true with everything. And, and I had even written about this about a year ago. Um, you know, I, I sort of was always in this trap where I felt like I was being told, okay, I have to be consistent. I have to post, you know, X number of times on Instagram. I have to consistently like spread my brand message and, you know, people need to know exactly what to expect from me and all this kind of stuff. And I sort of had this epiphany where it's not consistency that I should be chasing, it's persistency. And as long as I never stop and I continually grow and just continually do stuff, like even if it's wrong at this point, just keep trying and doing and making, like that's what I need to go after because as long as you're doing that, even if it quote unquote fails, like you still did something and you learned something. So don't be afraid to change it up as long as you're like constantly working to be the best version of yourself, like whether that's owning a business or not, like that's to me what what it's all about. It's about again, it, it always comes back to happiness for me. And, you know, that's always at the core of what I, I believe in. But, you know, I, I think it's very easy for other people to tell us what we should be doing. But at the end of the day, we just need to be doing. And, you know, that's really what it boils down to. I am probably going to steal the con- the persistence over <laughs> over <laughs> consistency. But I'll probably steal that because I think that's such a great point. Um, and yeah, I think it's, there's no, I mean, I'm sure you would agree with what you just said this, but like, I want everyone to understand that like, there is no such thing as failure in your businesses. Like, yeah, like there have been some things that I've done that have quote unquote failed, but the next thing that I do is better because I'm, I'm able to say, okay, this sucked. And this is why this sucked. And like, you're never, I, I speak to a lot of people. Like I like helping people in all different stages of business. And I speak to a lot of people who are so afraid to do X, Y, Z, because they're afraid that they're going to fail. And I'm always like, Hey, you're going to fail. So like, let's just drop that right now. You're not special. Like nobody wants to fail. But number two, you're going to learn so much more by failing than you are by not doing anything at all. Um, I want to hear a little bit because, because of the fact that you're doing the full-time job and you said, you know, okay, because of that, I really need to focus on the important stuff. Like, you know, with my time being more limited, share with me a little bit about like what those important things are, because I think a lot of people have a lot of confusion around, okay, where should I be spending my time? Or I think a lot of people look at all of the ways that they could make money or the things that they could do, but like you've been able to identify again, what I have to do. So like share that, share with me a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, right now, it's really about kind of going back to basics. And I'm actually, I'm taking a class right now through a local organization um, that is like a business concept and planning workshop. And, you know, in some ways, you know, I'm kind of the advanced, you know, member of the class in that, you know, I've kind of been through it. And most of the people have never even started a business. They're like literally just at the idea stage. But I also, 
you know, because I never did that way back when, I think it's the perfect place for me because now I really get to feel like I'm starting over. And, and it's, it's just like a bonus that I have a little bit of this extra knowledge, but I'm really trying to treat it as like literally starting from the ground up and making sure I think through like my business idea and concept and think about everything that goes into it and actually sit down and write a business plan because that isn't something that I had ever done before. And you know, putting my focus and energy there right now, I think is going to, is what's going to set me up with the roadmap to make sure that I am putting my time, you know, in the right spaces, because I have felt like that a lot where it is like, okay, I finally, you know, it's a long day at work. I finally come home. I have an hour to work on something. And I literally would sit there and stare at the computer because I'm like, there, there's so many things I could do. There's so many things I feel like I should do, but what is actually going to make a difference? And I, I think I just get so over, overwhelmed by that, that I have to take a step back and it's like, okay, well, the reason you feel so overwhelmed is because you never really laid down that roadmap of, you know, what you should be doing and, you know, what your ultimate goal is. So I think, you know, if anyone is ever feeling kind of that out of control or overwhelmed or, you know, not sure where to put your time and energy, I would be willing to bet that's probably because you never actually decided what it is you want to do in the first place in like a very clear way. It's so true. And it's, again, I feel like a lot of people are just doing a little bit of this, doing a little bit of that. Like you said, like sitting in front of their computer, I can't tell you how many times I sat in my computer for two hours. I didn't really actually get anything productive done because I don't, I don't, I like the quote, like you can't hit a target that you can't see. Like you have to have a target, something that you're working towards specifically for me personally, like short-term goals just make a lot more sense to me. Like it just helps me, but like, I have to know what I'm working towards each day in order to do it. And so what are you like, just specifically, if you don't mind sharing, like what is like your immediate initial first, the goal thing that you're working towards specifically right now? Right now it's doing all the research and the actual physical writing of a business plan. Um, Okay. You know, literally going through and that's, you know, all the competition and financials and projections and, you know, all that kind of physical stuff that I do not find very fun Um, as a creative person. Numbers are not my friend often, but you know, it's one of those things where I know if I want to have a successful business that is sustainable long term, you know, I, I have to dig in and do this work that isn't necessarily fun or creative or exciting right now, but that's what's gonna let me do what I want to do. So right now, you know, that's my focus when I do have my free time. It's sitting down really getting clear about what it is I have, what it is I want to offer. Because because I am also, you know, not only have I sort of transitioned the brand as a whole a little bit on the online front. But my ultimate goal is now to kind of transition this business into something that does include a physical space again. And it's sort of something with the same core message, but presented in a very different way. So, you know, just really sitting down and making sure that I go in with that roadmap so that I do know how to spend my time. When So the big vision, if we flash forward a year from now, is that really what you have your eyes on having the studio again and having like, I just, I guess I'm just trying to understand like how exactly are you serving clients? Like what are you creating just in terms of like, again, the specifics of the product, like how do you see your business looking in that, in that sense? So honestly, I'm trying to transition. I mean, I think I always will have this kind of artistic, you know, custom confetti part to it, but um, it's honestly going more to, an experience for people. And and this is sort of an aside. Um, I used to also have a business um, with a partner called Monarch Workshop, where we used to put on these workshops for women here in Connecticut. We did about five workshops, um, you know, had speakers, it was two days, we did yoga, we meditated, we had craft projects. And, you know, they were they were really amazing experiences. Um, and so I really want to bring that sense of community and self-discovery back to a physical location. And, you know, for me personally, having built, you know, my business on an online platform and on social media, um, I'm finding now that I've personally changed and that's not really, you know, the core of what I believe is the best way to kind of connect with people. Um, So I really want to bring that into a physical space um, and have it more about you know, the community and the amenities to help people become the best versions of themselves. So it's really different from just selling confetti online in an e-commerce kind of setting. 
Well, I'm sure you would agree with this. And I know you work with your husband, so I want to talk about that. But I'm sure you feel like I'm, I can only imagine there are times when you were sitting in that basement, sitting in the studio, whatever it is, creating that confetti, posting on social media. Again, it all sounds so fun, but it's a lonely experience a lot of times. And I imagine just being able to see the happiness in person and like create that energy like face to face is just a whole different ball game. And I'm, I'm assuming it's something that allows this all to just feel so much more fulfilling. Definitely. And, and I mean, I will say for me, I wouldn't even say it's so much about it being lonely or anything like that. Like I'm a very kind of introverted person. Like, you know, I, I thrive on my own and, you know, doing that. It was more so just the connection. And, you know, here I am making this custom confetti that is for, you know, it's obviously for something important, you know, an important event or celebration, but I just felt so far removed from it that I felt like there, there's just a disconnect there. And, you know, I, I want to infuse as much enthusiasm and excitement for this project, you know, for these companies and people and small business owners and, you know, whoever it is, but because it was just this online transaction that, you know, we made so simple that people could just sort of go through the process. There was this element that was removed that it was like, okay, it's cool that I'm making this, but I don't really know why I'm making it. And so to kind of get back to a place where I can actually connect with people in person and, you know, and not that I am anti-social media or anti-online business or anything like that, but I just am reframing my own version of it to use all the great things about online and social media, you know, the fact that we can be talking now on two different coasts and things like that, but just using online media to create offline connections. That's, that's really kind of been what I've been discovering in the past year. I think for everyone listening, I, I've had so many moments where I do feel the same way where it's like, I, it's funny, like I keep saying like, I want to do a million things. But then if anyone asks me to do anything, I'm like, no, like I'm home with my dog. Like I'm good. Like I'm very much like, I guess like an introverted extrovert, whatever. Um, but I want, I do feel I have my moments where, again, I just want this all to be more fulfilling and the in-person stuff really does allow you to feel that energy. And so, yes, like social media, the internet, it's this wonderful tool. And like you said, it's not necessarily just about the loneliness, but it is about, I think, feeling the energy in person versus just being on the computer, whatever it is. It is this whole different experience. And I think it's just a note for everybody to remember that just like we've been talking about this whole time, yes, you can get on the hamster wheel and yes, you can do the money making things. And obviously that's really important, but just give yourself the space to like also make sure that your business is fulfilling to you and allow yourself to evolve in that way. So it feels that way because otherwise what's the point? And I think that I always say to clients or the like my community that like if you're miserable with something now or it's not feeling fulfilling now, in my experience, that doesn't get better, right? Like it just gets worse. And so again, give yourself the permission. I always say to my clients, like that thing that you're saying, like, wouldn't it be cool to, this, to do this? I'm like, do that. Like do the things that feel really great. And again, like, like I said, allow your business to be something that fulfills you versus this thing that's just running your life because there gets to be that balance. Yeah. How, how has working with your husband been? I'm curious. Cause I know that that can be a wonderful, amazing thing, but it also can be a little bit tricky and a little bit hard to navigate sometimes. So I'm just curious to hear about how that has gone. It's actually really great. And, you know, I wish I had, you know, some kind of juicy stories to tell about that. But honestly, like, I wouldn't be where I am today without his help whatsoever. You know, he truly is my other half in every way, like not just, you know, in our personal lives, but in our business, you know, he is the technical he, you know, he's much more outgoing than me. He likes to talk to people. He's kind of the salesman. And, you know, we, we balance each other in all the right ways. Like we always joke, like I'm an email person. He's an on, on the phone person. And, you know, we just always balance each other in kind of the right ways. Um, you know, that's not to say it's always, you know, smooth sailing. We have, you know, to work on communication and, you know, making sure that, you know, we're taking the time for each other because it's actually not only do we own our business together, we in our full time jobs, we also work at the same company. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there's a lot of together time and there's a lot of working together. So it's more so just taking that time to remember, like, we also are married and we have a relationship outside of any sort of job or work. So um, that's probably the biggest struggle for us right now is, you know, we're together all the time, but how much time are we actually spending together? Um, so that's kind of, you know, the bigger challenge now. 
Um, but, you know, I feel so incredibly lucky that I have someone in my corner at all times who's there to pick me up when, <laughs> when I'm on the floor crying in the fetal position. And, you know, and just as I, you know, do for him when he has his moments. And, you know, we, we've been together for, I think almost 13 years now we've been married for about seven and the thing that we always say about a relationship is like we've just constantly grown together and you know a lot of people they grow apart they have different ideals they have you know different ideas of what they want their lives to be and we have just always been very open and honest with each other and have always grown together so you know we are very very different people that we today than we were you know when we met but you know, in some ways, that's even better because we're an even better couple now. And the people we are now actually get along even better and, you know, are a better match for each other. So, so it's, it's honestly like, I love it. I, I love working with my best friend and, you know, someone who I know I don't have to filter myself at all. And, you know, he will see the good, bad and ugly. And he, trust me, has seen it all. Um, but it's really important for me to have that support system. And, you know, and I know that not everybody might have that person who is their spouse or anything like that. But, you know, even just having, you know, a business friend or, you know, a mentor or, you know, someone in your family, anybody who's going to always be there to support you no matter what, I think is just an incredible gift and never, ever take those people for granted. I always say it because I'm a coach, right? Like this is my job, but I also genuinely believe it that like, you're not supposed to do this on your own. You're not supposed to be the only one, you know, not just making decisions, but like, it's really an unhealthy thing to just be in your head all day long. So like, you're really lucky, fortunate, however we want to say that, that you have this amazing supportive partner, but no matter who you are, no matter what you're dealing with, I don't care if you go to Starbucks every single day to try to find a friend, like, or hire a coach, whatever it is, like, know that you don't have to do this all on your own. It doesn't have to be all on you. But I do work with a lot of women who, or I hear from a lot of women, I should say, that have really, maybe, I don't even want to say unsupportive spouses or partners, because they're not always necessarily not supporting them, but they're also not as in their corner as we would like to all see and hear. So like, do you have any piece of advice for that woman in terms of maybe intentionally having the conversation about being supported and really being that partner in their, in their relationship, whatever it is. Right. I mean, I obviously am not a relationship expert or anything, but you know, from my experience, you know, if it were me in that situation, I feel like a, it would be to start with, okay, have I actually had this conversation about like how important this is to me? And, you know, the fact that you know, this is something I am really passionate about and really want to put my all into, like, have we had that conversation or has, has it been just sort of that passing, like, oh yeah, like I'm going to dabble in this. And, you know, you kind of have to take yourself seriously for anyone else to, but I kind of also feel like removed from that. If you're with someone who isn't supportive of everything you do, what is that relationship overall? And, you know, and I personally, that's just something I've, you know, not with a spouse, but with certain friends and, you know, certain family members, it is really seeing like, you know, if they kind of are constantly not really building me up and, you know, really supportive of what I do, is that someone that I should be around all the time? It, you know, again, I'm not a relationship expert and not, you know, telling people what to do, but that's just sort of how I look at it because, and, and, you know, my husband will be the first one to say, because I have also met, you know, small business owners who have been in a similar position where, you know, their spouses or whatever don't truly, you know, seem to support what they do. And my husband will be the first one to say that that's kind of the saddest thing. Like he doesn't understand why you wouldn't support the person that you have literally said you would be with through better and worse. So why wouldn't you, you know, always be in their corner? So you can't see me, all of you, but I'm like vigorously shaking my head because I, again, not a relationship coach at all um, or expert at all. But I do just want to say two things that like, I completely agree with Jessica about that. Number one, I think a lot of us want things or like 
we desire a certain aspect of support, whatever it is, but we're not actually articulating like, hey, we really want to take this seriously and I want your support. And so I want to give everyone permission to like be able to speak up and say like, again, this is something that I'm really taking seriously. This is something that I want to pursue and I really want your support in it because I think communicating that is something that a lot of us bypass. Then we get pissed off that we're not getting what we want. And so I think I think communicating it is so important. And the second thing is that I'm never going to sit here, you know, especially I work with a lot of moms, they've got four kids, and I'm not going to be here and be like, hey, leave your husband because he's not supporting you. But I do want to give all of you, especially the single girls here that like, I want you to understand that like somebody who supports you is out there. And that's not like some, I don't know, fantasy or whatever it is. And like, you deserve to be with somebody that you're growing with and that is supporting you and that is in your corner. And it's not too much for you to ask for that. And so I, I just, you know, if nobody else is saying that to you, I want to be the one that says that, that like you, you deserve to have a supportive spouse, partner, whatever it is, and friends, family. Like I've really intentionally removed myself from anybody who's not supporting me in this, in this journey. Um, and that's something that unfortunately is a part of entrepreneurship. Sometimes you might lose friends, you might lose people in your world, but you deserve to again, be surrounded by people who do ultimately support you and what you want. And I think it has to go both ways too. Um, you know, I, I think it's unfair to think to, to, to expect your partner or a friend or whoever it is to like fully support you if you don't also do that for them. So it definitely has to be that back and forth. And, you know, maybe if you're not getting the support you need, you also have to kind of look at yourself and say, hey, am I actually being open and willing to support my partner as well? And, you know, and maybe that's the first, you know, line of communication is, you know, we're both here for each other. Let's figure out how to make this life of ours together the best it can be. 100%. I could probably talk about this for another hour and it could be a whole, it could be a whole relationship conversation, but we will not do that today anyway. Um, but as we kind of wrap up, I'm just curious again, like, you know, you going through a, the, the journey of, again, having a successful business, diving in and things, you know, it being a roller coaster, but ultimately all for you. What is, I guess, the biggest just piece of advice you would have for that girl who wants to start, who has the idea? Like, what do you want to say to her? And what do you want her to know? I would say to, to just do it. And you know, it's, it's not as simple. It's not going to be an easy road. And there's a lot to figure out. But if you never start, then nothing's ever going to happen. So you kind of do just have to dive in at a certain point. And, you know, that's not to say you don't want to think it through or plan, but you have to start somewhere and just thinking about it or saying someday is, is not going to cut it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. I love chatting with you. Let everybody know where they can connect with you further. So the best place to find me is theconfettibar.com. Um, and that basically has links to everything, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, always the confetti bar. And honestly, go to her website, even if you, I was gonna say hate confetti, but who who would hate confetti, but like, go to her website, even if you don't have any desire to like buy anything, whatever, but it is such a beautiful website. I love your pictures. Like I'm like, I can't wait to like, just be able to share the podcast so that I can use your pictures. Um, but it's such beautiful branding. And I think anybody could just anybody could visit the website and just be wowed by it all because it really is so beautiful. Thank you so much. It's it's come a long way in the six plus years. <laughs> I imagine. I get that. <laughs> Trust me. All right. Well, thank you again for being here. I really appreciate it. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much.